now yellow submarine why would someone pick that song to open with today now i have to now i have to connect dots here yellow oh not a not a comment on a submersible oh jess come on as we can get <laughs> where, where your brain goes i'll give you one more guess Uh, you like the Beatles? I didn't know you're a Beatles fan. I don't know. Oh, goodness gracious. Um, hello, everyone. Please say hi in the chat. Uh, so good to have you. Yes, too soon, Tracy. I completely agree. Uh, yellow is my favorite color. That's not why I did it either. Uh, today happens to be, Jason, why are you both so blurry? I don't know the answer to such question. Uh, sorry, Madonna. Uh, but today happens to be Ringo Starr's birthday. Oh, I should have known. Yes. Now, can anyone guess how old is Ringo Starr? And someone's going to look it up. But just since you're not going to look it up, I see both hands. Uh, um, God, I have like, Z I don't even know what decade to start with. I'm going to say... 78. Wow, not bad. Maureen, Corridor. Madon, not Madonna bad. 80. 80. Ringo Starr is 83 years 83. old. 83 years old. Wow. Yes. So uh, time continues to fly. So happy Friday, July 7th, episode 161. It's crazy to think that Ringo is my dad's age. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen any pic. I didn't. I didn't look for any uh, current pictures of Ringo Starr, uh, Tracy. Uh, but yeah, eighty-three years old is a. I just knew he was a year or two older than McCartney. Yep, exactly, Maureen. So happy Friday! Uh, hope everyone's had a great week. Uh, for those of you joining in the U.S., it's been a short week and a weird week to me, uh, mm -hmm. just based on. Uh, July 4th holiday falling on Tuesday. Um, how? What do you think, Jess? Has it felt that way to you too? Like three days condensed? Like I was talking to someone on um, on Teams earlier today and I said, I think I'm going to end up working into the weekend because I didn't get a ton done this week. This is what a three-day work week would feel like, Jason. Or, or four. <laughs> <laughs> if there was a three-day work week or like we talked about last week, a four-day four work week, I would have to figure out how to get a lot more done in yeah. those three or four days, uh, which I, or the expectations just changed, I guess, but uh, I didn't get enough done this week, I guess is the best way to say it. Yeah. It was a, a double weekend. It was a weekend with a two day holiday. If Monday was a holiday for you as well. Uh, and I actually <laughs> don't ask me why I looked up where July 4th falls next week, next year must be a leap year or something because it falls on a, not a Wednesday, but a Thursday next year. So same thing next year, double weekend. <laughs> yeah. We can all practice. Very interesting. Work weeks, compacted work weeks would look like. So um, yes, completely agree. Now, Tina, hi. For those of you that have never been here before, welcome to the Friday digital meetup. Uh, we've been doing this for one next year is the leap year confirmed. Uh, we've been doing this for 160 weeks in, in a row. This is number 161. Or episode number 161. So, so, so glad that you're here. Um, the purpose of this meetup is community. Community building, community sharing, laughing, crying, 
We've had people get married. We've had people get divorced. Well, I don't know that for sure. We've had people. We've had people that had babies. We've had people get new jobs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and we've even had people, Jess, that make you better in life. Mm-hmm. I think that's every week. But I have to tell you, last week after I mispronounced Oregon, <laughs> which is where I'm at today, and didn't pronounce it Oregon. Oregon. I had three people reach out text me or LinkedIn me correcting me in my pronunciation, which has definitely, which had has definitely uh, had help. So, uh, Steve, sorry to have, find the new format link on Twitter. Uh, we'll continue to work on this new uh, this new uh, version of Crowdcast and how to make sure that the uh, the messaging uh, is out there. But anyway, great to have that out there. We always like to start with everyone putting their LinkedIn address on here. We always like everyone to basically say where they're joining from. So please, please, please identify yourself with uh, where you're joining from. Um, put your LinkedIn address to make sure that uh, everyone knows how they can get a hold of you. And then we always start with what I always say is the most important question one can ask uh, in the world, which is that that basically says, how are you? And the responses are easy. Green, yellow, red. Green, great. Yellow, so-so. Red, not so good. Um, and uh, once again, I always do this as a way to A, make sure that you get off your chest how you are and be um, look for help or say you need to talk to someone from a community standpoint. Um, Bryce is going to be guaranteed green tonight, which is just poses the question of what's going on tonight, right? Steve's greener than yellow. Uh, Karina is here and green, uh, green, green, yellow, but working on it. Oh, John, I'm sorry to hear about your position being eliminated. Um, yellow, which is great to see your yellow, even in something. Um, green, green, green. Thank you guys all for uh, for sharing. Um, oh, Lindsay's here. I know. I was just going to say the same thing. So, so excited to see Lindsay. Um, so, uh, Jess, how are you? Good. Uh, green. Green. It's been a good week. Good. Do you know that... Um, I am green, and it's been a crazy week. I am in Oregon. Do you like my uh, background, uh, my computer, my screen? Uh, I'm in a residence in a hotel in Eugene, Eugene, excuse me, Eugene, Eugene, Oregon. Um, and uh, it's been a uh, it's been a great week um, at my son's. Uh, introduction into the University of Oregon, which has been a fascinating, fascinating, fascinating process, which we will not go into today, um, but uh, definitely save that for another uh, another day. And yes, Brad, in Eugene, it's been 99 or 100 oh degrees. Uh, I was on the coast earlier this week, and it was 60. And when I got to Eugene, it was 100. Two hours, just two hours difference. I love this community. Look at everyone's reaching out to John, offering to assist. Thank you so much, community. Really appreciate that. Lori, hi. 
Who's new? I didn't even ask who's new. Who's new? Uh, we got green. Who's okay. new? Sometimes when I do this remotely, which is turning into the trend or the norm, not the, the trend, I forget about some of the uh, our rituals. Uh, so, uh, yeah, if anyone's new, please let us know as well. Lori's a new name. This new format is new names for me. And then the other Nancy may be a new name. Um, I don't know for sure. Sarah might be a new name. And then uh, Corin might be a new name. And then there was one other one. It was a very cool name, and I've lost it. You know what I'm talking about? Nitina is it Nitina? I hope I'm saying the name correctly. Oh yeah, Nitina might be new. So uh, please let us know if you're new as well. We're not going to haze you. We're not going to call you on camera, but you're joining 3,300 of your closest friends. So uh, thank you for uh, being here. Nitina, did I say your name right? I hope I did. So Jess, the next thing we always do is talk about, she's new, awesome, Nitina, we're so glad to have you. Um, talk about one thing mm -hmm. this week, one thing that you learned that was fascinating, that uh, anything you want to share? Nitina just called you sir. How does that feel? Um, <laughs> I, I, whenever that happens, I don't know if I need to like show more, like open my ah! hair a little bit, or if I need to like mess up my hair a little bit, or like how do I make myself younger? <laughs> Maybe it has nothing to do with that. Maybe Nitina is just very, very polite. Very polite. Uh, one thing, um, personal and professional. So <laughs> I was crazy enough for, for those of you who, who know me or follow me or have been in this community for a while, you know, I love to race. One of my favorite things to do. I love the survivalism of racing. I love the training mindset of racing. Uh, and so I'm always kind of training for something. I wasn't training for something next week. <laughs> so I had to ramp up my training because I jumped into a race next week. I will try to bring you on the road with me. I'll try to pop in next Friday. Uh, I fly into Seattle on Thursday, drive 200 miles north, and then run back. 200 miles in two days, relaying with a team. It's called Ragnar, uh, and I'm running my... Eighth or ninth, I guess it will be my eighth or ninth Ragnar next week. Uh, so this was a big training week for me. I had to ramp up a little bit faster than I was otherwise preparing for, but it has felt good. There's nothing, oh my God, like the mindset that you get into, people talk about the runner's high and stuff, but for me, it's training mindset that is like so, I love being in that headspace. It feels really good. And the miles are feeling pretty good. I have to do a pretty long run this weekend. Uh, so that's been a little bit of this week. I also did quite a bit of um, learning and discovery around uh, the affirmative action, um, <clears throat> well, the entire affirmative action system that's been overturned. Uh, it's pretty interesting. When you think about the things that have happened in our lifetime, Roe v. Wade, affirmative action, COVID, like the significant historical events that will impact generations to come, the things that have happened in our lifetime, it's kind of fascinating. And I guess this has probably happened in every generation, uh, but I, you know, it's our responsibility to sort of learn and understand what this means, not just for us, but for generations to come. Uh, so I've done quite a bit of listening to podcasts and reading and educating myself. Fascinating.
Wow. The combination of what you've done this week, both from the running standpoint and the education part on what you just said, make me feel small within what I prepared to talk about today. <laughs> but, I, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway, just because I think it kind of shows my geekiness. So I'm totally fascinated with threads. I, I just got on there. Okay. Yeah, like I'm totally fascinated. Look, yeah. I'm gonna, look, okay, I, I can't put, hear I, why you're fascinated. I just put my my connection there. So, so the reason I'm fascinated is a couple of reasons. So first of all, um, so first of all, everyone on here connect with me on Threads. If nothing else, just so that you use another tool and see a bit about the concept of the viral nature of what goes on outside of work and the impact that it can have inside of work. So I'm fascinated with threads for a couple reasons. First of all, ChatGPT, that thing, mm -hmm. uh, which it seems like I spend most of my day educating HR people on these days, um, was the fastest growth application, quote unquote, ever in the world until threads. Now all of a sudden threads came along and threads reached 30 million people in 24 hours. That's crazy. Like think about deploying a piece of software to 30 million people in 24 hours. Um, absolutely crazy. So um, first of all, it fascinates me for that. Second of all, it fascinates me because I'm fascinated with how people interact and what people do just in general how people communicate how people share one of the things that i've been doing this week well i've <laughs> thank you jc jc also put her threads there um so i hope you are, are all connecting on this. Number actually, you. actually look and see what you number jc is if she's asking that she's probably like number two <laughs> both jc and sherry ann have both connected with me on threads while we've been having, while I've been talking. So um, it'd be interesting to see what uh, others do. And by the way, you don't have to stay on it, but it's just interesting to see. Thank you, Sherianne. Um, but the, 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 the way people interact and the way people communicate is interesting. The people, what people like and they don't like is interesting to me. And then this whole concept of threads being another Twitter, or mm -hmm. Twitter killer yeah. and people trying to like up one another tied into bigger world issues. Like what's your political view or what's your view on advertising or, you know, it's just, just an open space to communicate also fascinates me. The, the last thing that fascinates me in a bad way or a good way, depending on which way you look at it is what's going on. Where's all this data going? I know. I mean, I don't know if you read, but Google, Google Mail, and Google Chats are being put into BARD from a large language model standpoint. Mm -hmm. And without that, your terms of service that you agreed to originally cover that. Like, I don't want my Google Mail in right. one's large language model. So 
it's fascinating. It's just fascinating, fascinating, fascinating to me to see where this is going, where all of this data is going. I like to be early adopters, early adopter of this, not to be an early adopter, but to learn and to keep your mind fresh as to what the impact of this is going to be on work long, long term. Mm, Anything you want to add? Workspace. Yeah, I don't know. Like, if, I literally jumped on it this morning. Uh, I don't remember what prompted me. And I was like, okay. Oh, I think somebody commented on it on an, on Instagram, probably, um, that they're all about Instagram threads. And so I clicked through. And of course, as we do, mindlessly, you accept the privacy statement. You, you read the terms and conditions, if you do, but you click through all of that. And most of us don't read with a fine-toothed comb. Um, I don't know, this whole data privacy stuff, I, I, it feels like we're trying to put a fence around the internet. It, like, how do you, like, our, I know employee, personal data, employee data, privacy data, like there should be governance and regulation and concerns around all of this. And, and it should be ours to own um, and manage access to, but it, it, all, it just, it feels almost impossible. To be honest, it feels like the data genie, just like the AI genie is out of the bottle. And how do you possibly put it back in? The thing to me that's so fascinating also is that, and I'm just going to be completely geeky towards HR tech for a second, is the whole world of employee experience or the digital employee experience changed overnight. Mm-hmm. It truly changed overnight. And it's something that you know, Jess, because you've been hanging out with me for four or five years on this journey that I've been talking about for four or five years. And I think people thought I was crazy when I said no one's going to go into Workday, Oracle, SAP, Ceridian, ADP, blah, 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 ever to get anything done. You know, that's truly now here. Like we're literally 12 months away at a, at a maximum of people never going into those tools to get stuff done. Mm -hmm. that they'll just be using a prompt to do it, which JCK, that's what my, there's not an article necessarily. I'm having a hard time writing fast enough to keep up with this, but every day I'm teaching a, I call it basically a course to another HR organization on how to think about the use of generative AI. And, you know, we internally at Mercer are doing a ton of work on this, including rolling out our own large language model and our own, um, generative content capability tools. So uh, fascinating, fascinating, fascinating stuff. And we'll keep talking about it. Um, this whole concept of development, research and development poses an existential threat. Um, it, uh, it, <laughs> it, we, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I so encourage you to join that webinar that you see listed underneath us there. Um, that's the, the leading a tectonic shift in business. Um, Jim Hollinchuk and I are gonna talk about that a lot. We're actually gonna be giving an offer to everyone on there to do a course uh, and a workshop on generative AI for your organization um, For if you join that event. But existential threat. Um, there's lots of existential threats and every technology has been an existential threat. This generative AI really gets an interesting discussion going on things that are creating content on their own uh, without a lot of 
guardrails and things like that. Mark, please drop the link when live, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, it's an ongoing discussion. And uh, Melanie, thank you for putting the monk debates link out there. Really, really appreciate that. Um, so anyway, Jess, wow, my thing this week. Uh, Fred's data mm. uh, um, has taken up a lot of my uh, my thinking time along with trying to think about an 18 year old uh, leaving the nest and going to uh, to university. Oh my goodness. Yes, goodness, goodness, goodness. So I want to shift into our topic today because I'm so, so excited about our guest um, that we have coming on. Um, and Jess, maybe you want to start. Well, you're, first of all, you're not going to be here next week, are you? Because you're doing this race. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's all I get is correct. I gave you a really amazing co-host. You did. Talk about that real quick. Well, we already had her on the calendar. Um, like, if I could even imagine another perfect co-host, Jason. Teasing. Uh, yes, a guest co-host. Uh, she was going to be a guest, but she's so, so good. We're just going to co-host her. Uh, Kate Graham. Many of you know her. Absolutely brilliant former analyst, advisor, uh, editor-in-chief for Unleash World uh, when they went kind of media content, um, just a brilliant human being. Uh, and now she's doing competitive intelligence for Cornerstone. Uh, quite interesting. They nabbed her, lucky Cornerstone. Uh, but I can't wait. Yes, she is incredible. Uh, she knows a lot about a lot um, and about our space in particular. And kind of, be, you know, when you kind of cover things from a media perspective or, you know, you sit on a on a higher perch, kind of just understanding what's going on generally in the world of Is that your music? That's not my music. No, uh -huh. I think that might be Tobias. It, it's Tobias coming into the wing. Uh, anyway, we can't wait to hear what, what Kate's been up to. She's going to be a brilliant co-host. I will try to guest in. I'll just try to join from the race course if I have signal. I've done that before. If you, Some of you might remember me joining from a race course or two in the last few years. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. So um, uh, someone said where signature Kate Pink, Jason? Woohoo! So I guess I have to wear pink next week. Um, someone's going to have to remind me of that. Uh, now I'm going to get like 50 texts on this. Um, but uh, that's going to be interesting. Um, the second uh, thing is that Kate has an amazing accent. Like, it's very funny that when you said that, and I got the graphic earlier today of having Kate on next week, the first thing I thought of is, I can't. You know, just I can't wait. <laughs> Not necessarily for Kate, but to love her accent. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm really not that I'm not not that I'm glad not, or not that you're not going to be here next week because I <laughs> will miss you. But uh, Kate, yeah, that accent is amazing. I know. So introduce our guest. I'm going to bring Tobias on the stage and make sure he only has one browser window open mm -hmm. Crowdcast, um, which always causes people problems. Um, but I will let you introduce him while I bring him on. 
Well, I'm so excited for you guys to meet Tobias Washington. He is another incredible human being. Hello, Tobias. We talk about uh, HR heroes a lot because you are, if you're a practitioner, if you just work in the industry at all, you're a hero because you make life better for people. Uh, when you work in HR and in healthcare, I think you get like all the hero badges. You get like double badged for everything <laughs> because healthcare, um, healthcare is interesting, right, Tobias? Uh, and it's also like really yeah, important that we get it right because like we're empowering people to to literally take care of the health and well-being of other people. We're all consumers about healthcare, which is interesting. Uh, but when you design employee experience for people who work in that in that area, it probably feels like a little extra special challenging, but also just a little extra special, too. Uh, so, Tobias, we would love everybody to know you better. Will you tell people kind of who you are and where you are in the world and maybe a little bit about Krista's health, too? Yeah. So, Tobias Washington, I'm super excited to be here. Thank you, Jason and Jess, for having me. And Hopefully we can contribute something to the conversation today, but uh, I live in the Dallas, Texas area. Uh, I've been married for 13 years. Yeah, I think 13 years. Uh, and I have three children, uh, 18, and I have a set of twin girls that are 11 years old. So um, yeah, busy at work, busy outside of work. Yeah. I'm going to start us a prayer circle for those <laughs> girls, okay? <laughs> yeah, and they're already starting to show, like, I didn't have any sisters or cousins growing up, uh, female cousins growing up, so I'm like, what do I do with these girls that are becoming little women? And, um, you know, they're they're very interesting. Um, so, <laughs> it, it, needless to say, my house is very interesting. The 18-year-old is a boy? Yeah. All right, boy. well... You've got you've got a little help. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's interesting in himself. So, um, yeah, that's me. That's uh, so. I've always been fascinated, Tobias, with your role. Um, and Tobias and I have probably met five, six years ago or so, maybe if not longer. Um, yeah. And uh, I've always been fascinated in the role that Tobias has played because Tobias has been in the HR technology space for a long time. But yet he's one of the early adopters in trying to think about experience in my mind. Um, uh, he's been following a lot of the stuff that we've been doing on LinkedIn for a long time, et cetera, et cetera. And he reached out and said, hey, I'm really trying to think about how do we bring this experience lens to healthcare? Um, mm -hmm. And for me, I just as someone who lost a, a dad, you know, quite a while ago, and have been grateful to the healthcare industry ever since, just for what they've, what it is. Um, when Tobias brought that up to me, I was like, "Wow, I need like I'm excited." I was like, so excited that he was interested in the concept of employee experience and workforce experience. And then, as we've seen healthcare go through so many ebbs and flows, and what COVID brought to it, and what people suffered through, and just knowing that your mom, you know, is in healthcare as well. Um, I've been really, really excited about this topic. You know, the other thing, I don't know if you saw Tobias even as of this morning, like the, the June jobs report came out and the number one sector for job creation in June was healthcare. 
Uh, so there's, you know, a lot of people, which probably shows me there's a lot of people leaving healthcare and a lot of new people <laughs> entering healthcare, which actually, which actually means this concept of experience is even more important when we use that line. It's 2023 outside of work. What year does it feel like inside of work? So maybe t- that's a long way of kind of setting up Tobias for you to talk a little about kind of the journey that you've been on in Christus and then why experience matters in your eyes. Yeah, I think it's it's important that it matters just, just based on what you said, right? Outside of work and outside of healthcare, our experiences is our 2023. And so sometimes when you come into the healthcare setting, not even just in, to work, what do we want that year to feel like when you walk into one of our clinics or our hospitals? Or perhaps do you need to walk into one of our clinics or our hospitals is the question we uh, need to think about because there are the Zoc doc, uh, doc docs, uh, those uh, those types of platforms out there. And, and we know that our millennials and our Gen Zs are, are more um, appreciative of convenience and personalization, and they want that. And so how do we begin to think about that even from the way we provide services and care? And if you do come into one of our facilities, how do we uh, provide that level of a digital experience or even just an experience in general uh, that we are proud of and that we are excited about uh, that meets the the expectations of our customers. And, and I think that what we've learned is that folks have options. Is, you know, in, in, in 1980, you had the hospital down the road, right? And so folks have plenty of options to them. That's the same thing that we're seeing in, from an employee standpoint. Uh, we, we refer to our employees as associates. Same thing we're seeing. In these days, you don't have to go work for the company that is in your local city, your local town. You, the, the whole world is an option to you, right? And so as we think about that, I joined a company that provides me the best experience and that uh, lives up to my expectations as an as an as an employee of that and um, that of that organization. And so I think that healthcare is is really trying to make sure that we match uh, those those expectations uh, of our of our consumers. And one of the things that Christus Health did as a part of our 2020 strategy was to do that was to stop looking at our patients as patients, but as consumers of, of a healthcare system so clearly called out in our strategy that we no longer call them patients, we call them consumers. And we started to look at it through that lens. So I think that that's one of the key things that I've seen different about Christian's health as we've taken this journey. What a great, I mean, that's the shift everybody is trying to make when they think about consumerizing experience. That that's the lens. That's a perfect lens to look through. You're uniquely challenged, though, being in healthcare. That your consumers have very specific patient care, consumer care outcomes that yeah. also be upheld. So when you support and deliver experience for the workforce, it's to empower them to meet uh, a, a really high bar in terms of the care that's expected by your patient consumers. So experience matters everywhere, culture and engagement and productivity and our experience uh, and where we set the bar for our own experience, that matters in any employer relationship. But in healthcare, there's a lot on the line if we get it wrong. If my mom, the nurse, can't spend the time she needs to spend 
directly providing care to the patient because she's dealing with the BS of trying to figure out how to get her job done that has nothing to do with patient care. That's a problem. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge problem. And I think that uh, we have to think about that. And that's that's usually the sermon that I'm preaching across the organization. Uh, why employee experience is so important is that what we do and how we take care of our employees, they, re- they replicate that back to our consumers in our hospitals. And so we're doing a poor job of making sure that they get what they need from an HR perspective or from an um, from a services perspective, then you know how does that show up when they're taking care of our consumers in our facilities? And I I I I think about this story. My dad also is uh, approaching his 80s, and he got fired from his doctor. Now I didn't know you. I didn't know that the doctor could fire you. Uh, he's actually at one of our facilities, and so my mom calls me and she says. Um, the doctor fired your dad as a patient today. I was like, how, how does that happen? So I go down uh, to Louisiana and I meet with uh, the doctor's office. And what I learned was that my dad was asking for a certain type of medicine and the way it showed up in their systems and the way that they were processing the information was different than what my dad was asking for. And then my dad's 80, you know, almost 80 years old. So he gets a bit frustrated quickly. And so he's yelling and he's, but all of it had to do with the way those employees were set up to provide services for my father. My father was not able to receive the services he needed. And in this day and age, because of the way we had put in a process and the way we were calling things that were not aligned to what the customer would have called it or were referred to it. And so he got fired. And, you know, in, in the medical community, so there's the tight community, like you get fired from one doctor, then you're on the blacklist. So he's having a hard time getting another doctor. This is nearly an 80-year-old man that had a poor experience simply because our internal processes said we should call it, we should refer to it as 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 this. But the customer thinks about it this way. And so we we have to we have to uh, think about it and we have to make sure that our employees uh, have a great experience and that that is replicating to our customers. So, Tobias, I'd love to maybe you can share a little about what you're doing, Um, you know, not at the overly detailed level, but, you know, a little about what you're doing to try to make sure that that employee experience is such that. You know, maybe it's not the same thing as, you know, your daughters are playing with or your 18 year olds playing with, but at least it's starting down the path of feeling better, whether it be onboarding, whether it be using journeys. I'd love to just hear a little about that. Yeah. So some of the work we've been doing, uh, one of the things we did is said, hey, we're going to have a consumer approach to our employee experiences. So just that, just like just that. Just right there. (laughs) Yeah, just that. Uh, Really challenging us to everything. uh, And this is most of what I do all day long is is talking to my HR partners and and hearing from them and challenging their thinking. And, And the good thing is I work for a great organization with a lot of great people. Crystal just has an amazing culture. So that that is great. Where I can say to my peer, I get you want that, but is that what your 
customers want? <laughs> like, I, why are we doing it? Well, what is the purpose of it? You know, it, 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 makes, it makes sense to us, but does it support our, cons- our employees, our consumers? So just starting there saying, we're going to look at our employees, our associates as consumers of services. Now, no longer are they employees. We're, we're going to start talking to them and thinking about them as folks who are purchasing services from our HR teams. And that that just that changes the conversation. And even in my teams, um, as we talk about this often, um, that that's, that's, that's the lens. I had a the compliance leader in my office last week. He says, I need to get a presentation and orientation about compliance. And I was like, hmm, who does that serve? <laughs> who, who is that, who is that helping? And it, 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 he's like, well, my teams need and I need. And I said, well, I've never heard what, what the associate needed in this conversation. And when you challenge that thinking, a lot of times you say, oh, I got to get back with you, Tobias. Well, great. Come on back and we'll talk about the associate conversation later. It's, 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 that's where we've started to change that mind frame. So some, that's first of all what we've done. Some tangible things that we try to do. Um, we've, we put in a, what we call an HR or really our um, associate experience council. And then we have an activators group. Our council was made up, and what we did is we sent out, you know, just communications and said, hey, if you want to be a part of making our experience better and different, uh, write us to join this council. What was interesting is I told my UX researcher, I said, look, we're going to inspect about 20, 30 applications. I don't know what those people are going to say in those applications, um, <laughs> but we, we launched them the same day, nearly 300 people applied to be a part of the experience council. So what that told me is that people are hungry for something different. They want, uh, back to the whole threads conversation, people want to share, they want to connect, they want to be a part of helping to create a better experience, not only for themselves, but for uh, all of their peers and making it great to be, making this a great place to work. So 300 people said, hey, we want to be a part of the council that we were creating. And we've, we've said, hey, nothing from an HR perspective really should roll out new policies, new procedures. None of those things should really go out until they've gone through the council. We asked the council to say, is this something employees want? Like, if we did this, what would you do with it? So we had um, an idea about creating digital benefits cards. Well, before my team started creating these digital business cards, benefits cards, um, is this something you want? Would you use it? Well, what would you do with it? Which, you know, and so from there, we get a strategic alignment to our associates, get feedback from that perspective. And then we created the activators group where we, uh, any new products, anything we're rolling out, we test it with that group. So we, any alpha or beta products, any gold products, we put those things out there uh, for them to test it and give us feedback. So nothing should hit our associates that we don't know uh, is going to bring value. So from an alpha product, we get feedback. This does not meet the mark. It doesn't bring value. We we pull it back and we keep working on it. But I think in the past, what, we, what we've seen is HR and our IT people, we roll out, and I'm an IT person, so I'm talking about myself. We roll out what we think is great, and then we get poor adoption. 
but we never talk to the consumer. We never ask the consumer to give their opinion or their thoughts about that product if it's going to bring value to them. So that's just, I don't know, Jason, if that helps, but that's it, it, it does, one of the big it, things we've done. It does, but now I'm confused. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and I have to say, that, you know, the reason I'm confused is I, I don't even know how to say this. I'm actually going to turn red, I think. I, I didn't even know you were an IT person. Oh wow! <laughs> I don't know. Seriously, like I don't. You don't talk like an IT person. Like this is like this is a major lesson for both HR and IT people. Is that here's an example of an IT person. They, Cecilia just said it. Is that we we all do this, but to think about you as an IT person who's leading with this, I think it's part of the DNA of every business leader today to make sure that we're thinking about that consumer first. I think so I love the fact that you said that and at the same time like you've never acted like an IT person to me. Uh so it's crazy that I didn't even know that you were that. Well, I sit in HR today but I um I I grew up in IT and um I actually started my career, I don't know, I think I shared this with Jess, but I actually started my career as a computer programmer. And I was always the weird guy in IT because I was always the one like, well, what is the customer? Like, so I joined the training team, uh, the user services team, and then the training team. But I was always the guy who wanted to make sure people felt comfortable with technology. We're just not forcing technology on people. And so now when, when this, this thing is coming full circle 25 years later, where that is what we're focused yeah. on, I'm like, like, yeah, let's do it. Let's really and, make it happen. Would, would you so, agree with me that no one in IT wants to push stuff out to, to associates that they don't like? Or that, right, absolutely. Or that they're not going to use. It's just that right. they don't have the opportunity, Right. I'll say, to do what you're doing. Uh, and right. I was in the meetings with your CHRO and you and I had the, the conversation with your leadership team. Yeah. You know, and he's like, oh, this is going to be a change. I, you know, I remember that day. And, uh, you know, that's probably 18 months to two years ago. And you've done some yeah. amazing things ever since. Brad just said bringing product thinking into HR. Yeah. Completely agree. Yeah. And, uh, Bryce said, I totally yeah. get what you're saying. Same words I've been. I've had for years. Um, yeah. So it's definitely, look at all these comments. It's definitely resonates with people. Um, yeah. I'd love to get a sense as to, you know, some of your stories are, 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 how are you measuring success? Because I know that in healthcare, a lot of times people say, not just in healthcare, but let's use that as an example. People are like, well, how do you make the business case for someone like Tobias, who all he's doing is listening to people? I know you do. I know you do more than that. But you know, when you start to think about that, people are like, "Oh, just someone's going to listen to people. Just listen to our associates." Instead of again, wonder why we're making business cases for empathy. But please, Tobias, how? <laughs> right? Yeah, a business case <laughs> for being an empathetic human. Right. Let's make a business. That is hilarious. I tell you, um, it's 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 one of those things where I agree with you, Jess. Like when you get asked that question, you know, you just want to go. I don't know how to tell you I'm, I'm a great human being. Like you just you just are a great human being. You care about people. Like how do you measure that? Uh, 
But I don't, I think it's different. I think you may have said something like this before, Jason, but it's not all about metrics when you're in this in this space. It's more about value and uh, demonstrating um, outcomes and positive um, forward movement. So that that's typically where I, I try not to. Like I don't, I don't any business meeting I'm in. I I don't give a a number to say, hey, when we do this, we're gonna reduce X. <laughs> you know what we what we expect is this value, this outcome from the work that we're doing. Um, we we expect folks to have be dissatisfied or more satisfied with um, with something. We're responding to something we heard in our associate engagement surveys. So we, we try not to tie ourselves to some metric that we may or may not be able to influence or even say that we had enough um, influence into that positive direction of that metric. So typically we just, we try to, and I don't know if you guys can still hear me, Mike. Mm-hmm. Oh, we hear you. Okay, okay perfect. Um, <clears throat> but we try to make sure that we are uh, sharing more of the outcome or the value proposition that we expect from uh, from the work that we're doing. I'm sorry, like my whole screens have gone blank. No, you're good. You're still with us. Okay, there, you refreshed a little bit. Okay, talk about te- technology there, I tell you. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's, I. you know, it's, it's, I don't have a, a great, like, wow answer to that, but I, I think it's really... Um, having the conversation with your leadership teams about particular outcomes and then showing. So I'll give you an example of one where we were working on this PTO policy and um, we, I took it back to our CHRO and I said, Hey, look, a lot of people don't really have a problem with PTO. They just don't understand it. Like if you read the, if you look at the policy, um, like, I don't know what this thing is telling like, <laughs> it's written as written from a legal perspective. It's written to protect the organization more than it is to help the help the associate understand what is available to them. So how about we just spin it around and make it like, hey, here's what's available to you, and then we put all the legal mumble jumbo in the fine print down there. That's that's the conversation, and now we can then look at. Okay, folks actually open the policy and refer to the policy, and we see fewer tickets and fewer complaints about PTO policy. It is just that simple, just having the conversation that, hey, we're just trying to make an impact. I can't show you any metric or any ROI that, hey, now we saved the business $2 million because they now you know, have a better PTO policy, but we do see a better experience and there's a better, there's value coming from that. So that's, that's the small things that we try to do. You guys, everyone that's saying every, or like Jess, you said, holy crap. <laughs> uh, thanks for your grammar. Every organization needs a Tobias. Um, oh, you know, wow. I just want to let you, and about the people that have made the comments afterwards, I just want to let you guys know that Tobias is a self-built uh, leader in this space. Um, <laughs> Tobias wasn't this way always. Uh, he's always had these beliefs, and he's always seen this. But the amount of work that he's done, I, I just know this because the amount of webinars of ours that he's attended, the amount of things he reads, like 
uh, I just know he does a lot of studying of this stuff to become to the point where now he's an industry leader when it comes to employee right. and associate experience. So Tobias, you weren't always, this wasn't always your wiring. I, don't, I mean, you may have always cared about people, which I can't believe you wouldn't have, but you probably didn't always think this way or didn't always have the confidence to lead this function going forward, right? I, I agree, I agree. Um, you're very, very kind in everything you're saying that it's uh, very nice of you to say. <laughs> but I would uh, I would I would say no, like it it takes a you know uh, it takes having some experiences of your own. So my most impactful experience, uh, I was actually still leading a learning team, uh, an IT learning team. And my team was responsible for putting together education around a new IT product. And I remember I was trying to install a garage door opener house one time, and I took the manual out the box and I said, nope, threw it down. <laughs> took my mobile phone out of my pocket and said, there's gotta be a video somewhere on the internet that will teach me how to put this thing together. I took out a manual about that thick on how to install this garage door opener. I threw it to the side and I watched YouTube videos on how to put together this garage door opener. And that was my moment where I said, you know what? I am at work preaching and creating experiences that that wasn't the word I could put to it at the time that people really didn't want and people really would not use. And I myself took some instructional designer's work and threw it to the side and then watched a YouTube video of a guy who had no training in adult learning theory, who had no training um, in the Addy model or in the Bloomfield taxonomy, none of that stuff. They just picked up a phone and started recording themselves to help someone else have a better experience and completing the task. And so how that, that was my moment where I was like, huh, how do I take what I'm doing outside of work back to work and make this happen at work? Because this is now working for me in my personal life. I need the same thing to happen in the work that we do at, at you know at work. So that was that was that was my moment. And then that's when it became just like researching it and figuring out the best way to uh, learn more about it. So no, you're right. We're not born experienced leaders. We have to have that that um that experience for ourselves that aha moment for ourselves and, and then we can figure out how to drive it in our organizations i love that jason it reminds me of when we talked about sort of the the new skills the evolved skills of hr one of them being kind candor um and and to be a new leader not a new leader a leader in the new world of work, the ever-evolving world of work, you sort of have to embrace, like Tobias, maybe it comes natural naturally to you, or maybe it doesn't, but you sort of have to embrace the fact that you become a professional pushbacker, pusherbacker. <laughs> <laughs> With, you know, taking the time, and it really is a mindset, taking the time to not, you have to agree that you're not going to accept everything at face value, that you're going to question everything that you're going to push back or ask a couple of clarifying questions like you did 
you know, like who, who does this serve, this compliance training? Who does this serve? Why are we doing this? It takes time and thoughtfulness to pause almost every time, because if we don't learn to pause and then learn to kind of probe and clarify, maybe do some feedback loops, that's where kind candor comes in. We run the risk of doing things that are habit, just repeat yeah. thinking the way we've always thought, doing things the way we've always done them, leaning out of convenience on what's already built what's already been done and delivered before. We don't question anything. I mean, I, this, this is how I raised my girls, to be honest, talk about raising girls, question everything. Don't assume everything. Like, the world doesn't deserve you yet. So if you're going to change the world you're growing up in, you have to learn to push back, ask questions, challenge in a healthy way. Like that's, you're changing things as you go and you have to sort of be willing to accept that it's going to take time and you have to learn to push back and do it with love and care and all of those things. Yeah. I got my nugget from today's meetup. I'm going to retitle myself. I used to call myself the creator of Duke, but I'm now going to call myself the professional pushbacker. Oh, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> that was amazing. So you guys, one of the things that um, one of the things we talked about doing on every meetup was talking about an, a generative AI tool. And, you know, Tobias, I'm not sure how much work you've been doing in this space. But one of the things that I've been doing a lot of this week while I've been traveling the country and staying in um, hotels is um, trying to learn some stuff um, that I hadn't learned before. And a great tool that I've run into is, uh, I just put a link in the chat. It's called Atify. And what Atify does is it actually takes a YouTube video and summarizes it in 10 to 15 seconds wow. into something that makes sense. And then you can actually ask it questions and get answers about what that YouTube video said. So I wanted to take Tobias's comment about his garage door opener. So I actually try, I had this exact same experiment where I was trying, I, I don't even, there's a question from Rebecca I wanna to get to in a second, but I locked myself out of my computer, not because of an internal issue uh, with our company, but because of my uh, brain where I did something, I changed the password and I didn't remember where I changed it to. Uh, so I was like, how do I do this on an Apple computer? It was a personal computer and get into it without having it lock for 20 seconds or 20 minutes while right. I'm trying to figure out my password or trying to figure out which dog I named it after my <laughs> password, et cetera, et cetera. So I put a YouTube video in Adify. It summarized it for me in five steps. And I was able to solve my problem in literally, instead of watching a 20 minute YouTube video, I, it did it for me in 20, I read in 20 seconds what I needed to do. Wow. So I, I wanted to throw that out there because we promised every week we would talk about a tool. But none of these are sponsored, by the way. So I last week after I said we were going to talk about a tool, Jess, I got two people asking if we if they could pay us to sponsor their tool. We're not getting, we're not accepting fees to sponsor tools. These are our own learnings. 
but try Adafy. It's a fascinating tool when it comes to YouTube videos. It just goes back to what Tobias said. I want to go into Rebecca's question real quick. How do you think about employee experience for those that are serving your providers? Would love to hear how the compliance situation was resolved and what the experience was for that team to meet legal requirements and provide value to providers. So Tobias, I don't know if you want to take that one. Or actually, I, you have to take that one because we can't take it. It's That's all you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm assuming by provider, are we? Are we Consumers, providers? I think. Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming the con, your consumer clients. So. Yeah. Um, again, I think we, we think about it in terms of, uh, I think you said it best, Jess, um, how do we make sure that our employees have the, um, a great experience that they can replicate that back to our providers, to our consumers, but also that we make it easy for them to get done what they need to get done. Um, so to you, I think you had the best example. If I'm at the, if you come to the nurse's station, um, and I won't say who at our organization, but I'll just say they were one of our HR professionals. And she told me she was sitting in her office trying to figure out how to submit for maternity leave. And, and I was like, wow, but you have an office and you have a desk. So think about how that nurse who's trying to take care of 20 patients on the floor can't figure out how to submit for the maternity leave because they don't even have a computer. They have a workstation that they move from computer. They don't even have a dedicated PC. And then the patient walks up to the nurse's station while they're trying to figure out how do I even submit the PTO or put myself on maternity leave? What, what experience do we think that consumer, that patient is going to get? And so uh, how do we make that easier? So that's what we try to think about. That's how we try to think about how we provide that to our patients. Um, and then also um, we've been thinking a lot about how do we uh, make sure our portals are, 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 are aligned so our consumer portals match our employee portals and they have the same experience. And so if, I, if I'm also providing care to the consumer, I'm able to walk them through our, um, our consumer portals because it's so aligned to what I use every day as an employee. So those are just a couple things I would say. Uh, we had a great conversation when you do with the compliance leader, you, we had a great follow-up conversation and it really challenged him to think about what it is he was after because we we're already meeting their legal requirements uh, we're already meeting the legal requirements from the courses and things like that. It was more about the message he wanted uh, articulated um, and, and was the conversation we had is, was day one orientation the best place for that? There's a different way for us to do that. And so we actually got him a 30 second video that uh, associates would watch. Um, and it's probably one of the most watched videos <laughs> in the onboarding yeah. experience. Right? Clients turning so, into probably a culture video. <laughs> right, right. It's it's spinning it in that way. And so when you challenge them to think about, hey, what is this? What's the value to the associate? You know, it, it, they they come back with some different perspectives. So, Tobias, our community doesn't want to let you go. <laughs> Oh, I, I have to apologize. I'm not really good at like um, doing this and yeah. paying attention to the chat. <laughs> so I'm so sorry. No, Tobias, there's people saying, can we extend 30 minutes, which we can't. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, Tobias, we're going to have to have you back. We've had, Jess, that's two guests in a row 
or people want more, uh, so, uh, which is great. Um, yeah, Tobias, hopefully this is, hopefully you enjoy this. I would yeah. love to have you back. Absolutely. Um, you're doing amazing, amazing work and thank you for everything you're doing. Like I told you that dinner we had in Las Vegas, um, Thank you for everything you're doing for the space, but more importantly, thank you for everything you're doing for humanity. Uh, Tobias and I um, had the opportunity to be in Las Vegas at an event um, where he came to a dinner we came that we were hosting right after a shooting, uh, a mass shooting uh, happened down in uh, in his area that affected his um, facilities, and mm -hmm. I was like, Tobias. I feel so blessed that you're here, A, but B, thank you for everything you're doing um, in that community. So just thank you for being in healthcare because we need you. Well, thank you. I just try to take care of the people who actually do provide the service. So we oh. appreciate, appreciate yeah. that. Sir. It's great to have you. Thanks for being here, Tobias. Yes, sir. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Happy weekend. <laughs> So Jess, next week we'll miss you. Good luck with your race. Um, hopefully you'll dial in and at least say hi. Um, people want to do a, a launch a Tobias fan club. Um, we'll have to work on that. Um, and uh, next week we'll have the wonderful Kate Graham with us. So I hope you can join us uh, next week and uh, invite a friend, bring a friend along to these as well, because I hopefully yeah, you can learn together um, JC, if I have, it all comes down to, am I actively running and do I have a signal? <laughs> You'll see me if, if that's a no and a yes. <laughs> JC, I'm not sure that you, I, I'm not sure if you've ever run uh, with Jess, but I'm not sure if you actually want her to host uh, while she's running. Right, Jess? I, I, I took a couple phone calls with you back in the day while I was out on training runs and you asked me to please not. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite song while running? ACDC, all day long. Anything ACDC. Anything? Yes. What does it do to you? Oh, my God. It's like so, uh, it's adrenaline pumping. Okay. Well, good luck. Thank we'll you. We'll be cheering for you. Send us a, a note along the way. And I hope everyone has a, a great, great weekend. And we'll see you next week. Jess, take oh. care. Thank you. Bye, everyone.